Hi, hello, hello, hi, and welcome to all our hearts and minds. Thank you again for tuning in. We're here to discuss all things that have been on our hearts and minds. The good and the bad, the concerning, or uplifting, or just straight talk. We're your hosts, keeping our passionate heart. Yeah, yeah. And me, Jeanette, our mind and chronic overthinker. Let's get into it. Yes, so much to talk about. Mm -hmm. Oh, so much. Well, first, before we jump into the episode and get Mm -hmm. into our checkup, this week or this month, it's February, shortest month, shortest month in the year, also known as Black History Month. In, mm-hmm. in north america or and as kanye would say it what what would he say now he said isn't black it crazy month? black future month isn't it crazy now that you mentioned that last year we had this whole thing where we were talking about black history month and the concept that kanye was trying to do with mm-hmm. a collective of um uh so, you know celebrity black celebrities called black future month and it was just building a future and looking forward and not so latched into the past which the mm-hmm. past always plays a, a part in the future but I, I i get kind of the concept but look how the things have turned from one year in one year black future month i do believe in the concept but the fact that connie was leading it and he turned out to spiral into complete anti-blackness right anti-everything it was just like ooh. um so anyway just wanted to shout that out so happy black history month to all our listeners who celebrate no matter what your ethnicity, if you're if you're down to celebrate Black History Month, it doesn't matter where you come from. We're we're, we're right? all about talking about the culture, the history, where things come from, and of course where we're going. And this month we'll probably have a few episodes around that. We'll talk about the future, but we all know the typical Black History. We like to put our own little spin on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, next episode we'll definitely be uh, getting some topics, maybe shouting out some Black-owned business. That's um, right. Local, but uh, happy Black History Month, everybody. So now let's yes. get into our checkup. How are you feeling? Is your blood pressure on a normal level? <laughs> um, y- yeah, thank God. Thank um, God. But, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit stressful. There's been, mm-hmm. you know, just life and work and all sorts of stuff and just juggling everything. But, yeah. you know, what? I really can't complain and I don't want to complain. Mm. As a matter of fact, that's something that I want to change this Mm. year. And so, like, even those hard days, try to find the joy in it or try to find something in it instead of focusing more towards the negative part of my day. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that's so easy to, like, fall into. So, and I do do that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I don't like it because I'm alive. I'm, I'm above ground. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a good start right there. That's oh, yeah. enough to be happy Especially, about, right? There's so, some people. There's some people who, you know, right? With everything that's happening in the world, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? And cutting back on stress. But th- yeah, this past week was a, a little bit stressful. You know, mm-hmm. at work, there's a lot going on, and so for the most part, I mean, another week is done. Another okay. week is gone, and we're coming up to a new one. One is started again, so. <laughs> You know, just keep it pushing. Holy I like I like I like that concept. We call this a checkup. And you know, the doctor always needs to prescribe something sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think you said something. Like obviously there are things that we can control and things we can't control. But while there are more things that we control than not, that's always a good place to be in, you know? It is. And I it's think definitely you called out something amazing where it's like, I'm gonna try and focus on the positives even though things pop up and we know you're always going to have that immediate disappointment or that immediate frustration but how do we counteract the frustration sometimes when your day or your week is just not 
going the way you wanted to or (laughs) stressful on you or there's a whole lot of things that happen in our day-to-day living Mm -hmm. and I just feel like sometimes if we were have more gratitude Mm, you know for sure yeah it's funny how you'll get through those moments yeah you know what I mean like having just simply gratitude to be alive and to you know um yeah but you know overall life is stressful yeah, it's so, never gonna, it's never not going to be anything. <laughs> never, it's never always going to be smooth sailing as an adult in in the mod in a capitalist society. Right? Absolutely not. Um, okay, well, I'm glad, and I I love that perspective that you shared, and it's always a good reminder. It it seems something so simple, but honestly, it could in the hustle and bustle, it could be easy to kind of lose sight of. Yeah, as you said, I think it's simple. It's just being grateful for what is in your control and in your favor right as long as you can get up and breathe and think and you have your mind and your health you know what i'm trying to say like there's a lot of things you can overcome a lot and (laughs) so i choose i want to choose more often this Mm -hmm. year okay to look at it like that awesome so oh i love that for you friend i love that for you yes Um, it's so, hard it's hard yeah, yeah we know it's, not, it's never it's never you can see <laughs> oh yeah especially in this now. world we have here it's real easy and it's accepted to be negative no but to be i don't the opposite it's like yeah, yeah okay and yeah. anybody mm-hmm. and it's funny because for me um you know i may not be the most bubbly person in the world but it's like i do believe in positive energy and trying to keep things light as possible you know within our mm-hmm. control and I find like if I'm around anybody too long, whether it's at, you know, whether you're in a sports thing or church or your family or even at work where, or even a friend group where you have different friend groups mm-hmm. and, there's, and there's somebody who's a, De- I call them a Debbie Downer. I don't know the male version, yeah. but whatever you want to call no, it. Debbie Downer is good. Yeah. <laughs> Man or male or female Debbie Downer. And I just like when people are like that, I'm like, I, I I think they're they're in misery. They're obviously having something challenging in their life. Mm-hmm. But I I can't I can't I don't want that around me. Move from around me with that. Nah, pe- bro. <laughs> That's all. so. Anyway, I'm glad you're doing good. So me, um, I am all things considered doing okay. You know, I manage the things that I control. Control. I think mm-hmm. about the future. You know, there are some things going on behind that I can't really talk about publicly, but mm-hmm. I, I've, I've put it in God's hands and, you know, I am working on, you know, it's, it's not affecting, it's affecting my sleep less and less. Let's, let's put it that way. So that yeah. means things are getting more and more in focus or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, you just pray for a good outcome, but uh, otherwise, yeah. you know, me and my yeah. family are good and that's all I can ask for. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. going to jump into the headlines, just get right into it. We are uh, recording a little bit later this week. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're recording on Sunday. So you guys, we're making sure we're getting you your episodes as much you see as, what I'm saying? as just possible. Trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So the first story I'm going to jump into is um, we were talking about um, a few of our episodes, a few episodes ago, we were talking about the TTC and and all the incidences that have been happening in the TTC, and, and that's our transit system here in Toronto and our local um, city. And it's crazy because I was looking at a timeline of incidences, which, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about deaths and stuff last year. So let's not even talk about 2022. Forget 2022. No, no, 2022 is mm-hmm. done. I looked at a timeline and I saw at least 10, more than 10 incidents, violent incidences right. that have happened on TTC. They may not mm-hmm. lead, they may not have led to death 
or serious injury, but it's scary. This is a very, very scary. Right? And do we want it to here? <laughs> like, no, we don't want. No, right? we don't want to. But we tend to it's, hear it a little enough. bit more. Mm. It tends to make the news more when it's unfortunately super that's severe. true. That, so that's that kind of true. just more like what we're talking about. And so there's a couple. I just saw this timeline. I want people who are listening who may not be from Toronto or even you live in Toronto and you don't know what's going on because you don't take TTC. But you know, I saw an incident where there was a t- um two uh we had two uniform TTC employees that were swarmed and attacked um on wow. a bus in Scarborough. That's that's you know our yeah. kind of and that's our ends here, yep, Toronto. That's our ends, yo. That's my end. Um, they were non-threatening, but they were these were young 13-year-old boys <sighs> who did this, which is very scary. Yep. Um, a young man grabbed a woman's purse on Broadview Station. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman was stabbed in the head and the face in a Spadina streetcar. Oh my god, Lord Jesus. Okay, and finally, this is just like five or four of uh, about eleven or twelve incidences in January 2023 alone they said alone. a 16 year old boy was stabbed on a ttc uh bus near old mill subway station the victim was taken to a trauma center with serious injuries okay so i'm just giving a a slight little peek of what's going on here then we've wow. had a few that um ended in death um and it comes down to what the hell so we talked about that and so now the answer or the short-term answer yeah is they announced recently in the last week in our city that they are adding um more police uh presence on the buses and the trains and and such in the stations mm-hmm. in um for <clears throat> where our transit system runs and, t- and um some people interestingly enough i feel like and for me it's anything is better than nothing right mm-hmm. but we also know that we can't fight it though we can't fight it yeah <laughs> sorry we can't fight it because yeah like we don't want this so right now the police is a is a short term answer that will maybe be obviously the cost will somehow trickle down to the public right of course um so ttc is you know we're trying to get i think we know the real issue a lot of these incidences to be honest are not rooted in you know it's rooted in people who are mentally ill or have a drug problem. Their their mind is not with them. And, you know, I could speak. I think I already spoke to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the last couple of times that I've had to take TTC, that's not my regular mode of transportation. But the last couple of times I've had to. And I've if I've seen somebody who I know is, is might not be mentally 100% there, um, I am keeping an eye on them. Before, I would let them go by, do whatever it is you want to do. I'm not paying attention. Live your, live your best life. And the best you can, you know, you're obviously going through some life challenges, but, you know, I just leave, I, I let, let enough alone, right? And uh, I saw this guy yell, nowadays, I'm, mm-hmm. I am watching them like a hawk, okay? Right? I am making sure I don't see any weapons, I don't see any, no, we can't, no, headphones are off, I am right? looking left, right, back and front all around me, okay? We can't afford to do that, people. <laughs> so anyway... Toronto no. uh, released 80 police officers daily, which I don't think is enough, but okay. No. Um, 80 police That's officers will be deployed mm-hmm. daily across the transit network. The increased security comes weeks after proposed TTC budget measures. So they budgeted uh, for the police to be on. And honestly, typically, I'm not a fan of increased police presence, to be honest. Two reasons that Kim brought up. Cost and, you know, they tend to target 
uh, they use to, they tend to stereotype and target people. Like, I mean, if you are there just to make sure everything is copacetic, I'd love that and make sure safety and people are safe. I love that notion. But I, my worry sometimes that we have with over-policing is you harass, you might harass young people who, you know, mm-hmm. are in a particular community. That's my only concern. There's no incidences like that. I think we definitely need the police, but, you know, there is, you know, something can come mm-hmm. out of it that's not necessarily great. But what were, what were you going to say about this? Well, my quick take on this is that it is nice to have the police presence only so that those who are in their right mind and want to do bad will think twice. Mm-hmm. However, they usually do stereotype and um, usually black men get mm. the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, now that there is me- more mental health issues and people who are not being treated or have housing, which mm-hmm. is a big problem. in Housing city, thing is a big issue. Yeah. It's a big issue. And so with that being said, now I fear that when they're arresting black men, that will be the excuse that is used. I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm thinking too deep into it. Mm-hmm. It is nice to have the presence of the police there. Yeah. We can't afford it, so it can't last forever. So there has to be more of a solution that's a, a long-term term solution. A long-term solution, yeah. Right? Um, how? I don't know. Without stereotyping people, I don't know how they're going to let people on the train. Eventually, they're going to have to stereotype people because how else can you assure people's safety? You really can't unless you do have an ongoing presence on mm-hmm. on the train. Um, but you know what? Um, maybe, you know, if they were to attack other issues like, you know, mental health and yeah, I think that's, housed, the longer, that's a longer term. I think that, that could lot. affect the whole transit situation. But it is yeah. really scary because here in Toronto, like you'll see young kids on the train mm. and because they live downtown they're accustomed to taking the train as their source I, of you know of I transportation have a... uh-huh. and i've seen many a times many a times over my years people you know let their children you know 10 11 12 ride the train nowadays alone. i think i agree with, i know what you're talking about and like when we were kids that was a thing but i don't i think nowadays it's very rare and even my you know i have a one of my good friends she has two girls um you know preteen and a teenager and she does not feel comfortable you know sending at least the younger one who's up would be about 13 on the on the bus because of everything no, but that's some going of these on. kids they're using it as transportation to school yeah they have to and it's good like i grew up me growing up i'm happy like i know my parent it was a good option for my parents mm-hmm. being able to be like okay you after a certain age i wasn't till around 12 or 13 and i was usually going with friends they made sure that that's we had true buddies yeah. but you know eventually if enough of you people in the community are going to the same school you will it's mostly your classmates or people you go to school with right but now right. to to the point it's like i I think a lot of parents and rightfully so um i think they wait a little bit longer before like letting mm-hmm. their kids go on a ttc well alone, I'll, I'll be are... honest i would i wouldn't do it at all yeah which is not better. until it's totally under control yeah um the way it used to be where you can feel safe that your child is safe yeah while riding the train and i think generally um, abduction and so many things like i think now i think a kid should be at least like you know eight grade eight and on in not my a kid. eyes, they like, should be teenagers. Yeah, like so that's what I'm saying. Like grade eight onwards, grade nine onwards. Yeah, the after the before that, no, it's too. It's not even too just risky, with the you know? mentally ill. It's just like just your own yeah. kid, you know. But anyway, uh, we'll see how that goes, and I hope it gets a little bit better because he, me too, he, me too. Scary, really scary nowadays. 
Um, we're gonna move on to um, Mr. Alec Baldwin, and we yes. talked about Alec Baldwin, uh, the incident where he, there was the accidentally ac- he uh, there was an accidental death on the set of his movie called Rust, where he discharged a gun that the um, killed the cinematographer or director of uh, photography for the film he was shooting on, and we thought we, wholeheartedly we talked about this passionately. Mm-hmm. We we were like, it's unfortunate. And, you know, there was some negligence, whoever was supposed to manage things. But Alec, we were vehemently thinking that Alec should not face any real uh, charges or penalty. You know, like he shouldn't go to jail for this because it was a it was a messed up accident. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. now I found out this week that they are actually formally he's being formally charged him and um along with i believe the person who was supposed to manage a gun which i think of course that person should have uh been i'm actually yeah that person should be charged uh the film yeah they're called the armor so the person so it's him uh the armorer who i believe was mm-hmm. a young lady i think we talked about it yeah and um and maybe somebody else but there was a couple of pe- him and a couple other people are being charged uh so but at the very least him in the armor um or her name was hannah Gutierrez reed okay well you know we talked about this but i need to really ask myself this question like mm-hmm. why now yeah well i i probably i feel that uh, behind the scenes without knowing like i didn't get too deep into it but i think behind the scenes there's probably a lot of pressure i don't think anybody in general, believe that he should have been charged, but I think there was a lot of pressure, um, probably from the the woman's family and the other person who the to woman to get some sort of justice from yes, and, and and I get it, right. That's I just feel like I don't see the state pushing this unless somebody pushed for it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you can find charges, and uh, but I feel like, um, but here's the thing, right? Is that when I think legally, we were going to discuss this more, weren't we? In Wild Gone for Real. Yeah, you know what? We have a, we're actually going to talk about this more in our Wild Gone for Real. But anyway, yes. that, that's the that's the headline. Yes. And I want to discuss on a legal aspect okay. how I could see it not being pushed too far. Okay. Right. But anyhow, you okay. know, we'll get into that. We'll get in into it. But that was that was a big because... headline this week. Yep, Alec. I don't know what to tell you, friend. I don't know. <laughs> So, okay, moving on to Mr. Young Thug. Young Thug uh, was crazy. There was a there was like a headline going around in social media a couple of weeks. Mm. And you know when you see a headline, you don't really like. I just see Young Thug and I scroll past because I'm like, right? the, the man is point. The man is just in jail. Like I don't see him coming out. He's in deep doo doo. You know what I mean? Yeah, big time. So unless he's coming out, I'm I'm like, there's no update that I really need to hear. <laughs> um, and so there was the headline was saying that oh, Young. Young thug got caught getting drugs in the courtroom. Like, what is this? A we- is this a clickbait? Is this a clickbait um headline? Is this? Am I not reading this right? No, it's a real thing. And then I actually came across the video where mm-hmm. they're in a a small um court, <laughs> and um a a man in a suit just gets up, walks to him, like goes to like shake his hand. It seems like a little shake of the hand. And it's confirmed that there was like a transaction there, and I don't know if it, what exactly, like they did apprehend the man, and and I think 
uh, shake down Young Thug for what it was, but it was a, it was like literally one. It was a Percocet pill. Oh my god! One Percocet pill. It's illegal I, to do that. Like you got up in the middle of a court where there's it's illegal. Why would you put yourself in any more? Lord Jesus! There's literally cameras streaming for all types of media outlets. And, you know, all types of people, the court, and it's a full court. It's actually, it's a small court, but it's full. Yes, I saw the clip and I was very surprised that he thought he could pull that type of That was very brazen. It's like, it was like, and I, and some people. Brazen? You have (laughs) balls of steel at this point. You're sitting in front of a judge. I was thinking though, did Young Thug know that was going to happen? Or was he just trying to be a good Samaritan, good Samaritan? First of all, you're on <laughs> trial right now for your life, legend. Okay? You shouldn't be taking no side. You should have been like, young thug, young thug should have just been pretending like he didn't even see that man. If he you wasn't a part of it. Head down. <laughs> have your head down. Let your lawyer do the talking. That's what and, you should be doing. And this is why I think it was on purpose and that he he's playing, he's trying to play dumb like he didn't know the person was going to think. But I think it was on purpose because it was one pill. Like, I feel like if the man was just, I just feel like nobody and, would do no, that. No, but here's where, here's where I say you have balls of steel because you obviously don't understand like the level of trouble that you're in. Like, right, you don't quite. It's get a play, play thing. It seems like they're they're coming. They they they're coming for you, okay? And they're not gonna stop until you're hmm. in jail for a very long time. Hmm. You've already people. You've already had two people roll on you, B. Hmm. At this point, we need to hang our head low, okay? And let your lawyer do the talking, not accepting transactions of deals for drugs in which you are there for in the first place. If if you understand the stupidity, you are there because they think that you're a gang that traffics drugs. Hmm. And now you're in court, brazen, balls of steel, accepting what is this transaction in the court? You don't understand. You could go to jail for less. You could go to jail for less. So I don't understand why you would think that would be okay and how that would help your case. And why are you paying this lawyer if you're going to be so... You really think highly of yourself. Yeah. So I don't know, y'all, if you hear... Like, watch your video. It's like one of those things you have to see. I can't describe it. There's no way I could describe this. He's an idiot. You have to literally watch the video to be like, wow, wowzers. All the case with your... All this case with your adult... It's hard to be sympathetic for that. You just gave them a reason to put you in jail. And it's like, if you're addicted to drugs... I leave you there. There's no (laughs) point. Like, this one pill wasn't going to do anything anyway. So, like, what's the point? Anyway, let's move on to from the nonsense, the clownery. So the next story, um, I had wanted to bring this up for a while, but we never got a chance. Uh, So, but because it's Black History Month, we have to talk about Mm -hmm. this. Yes, please. I'm glad you brought this to my attention. I'll tell you that. So Mm -hmm. in Florida, there was a big hoopla in Florida. Florida and Texas are a mess, first of all. I'm sorry, American listeners, like, give us a 411. This is is wild. So in Florida, they have vehemently, you know, there's a a huge debate in Mm -hmm. the, particularly the red states in the U.S. 
about critical race theory. And uh, there's an active campaign to remove critical race theory from the education curriculum, particularly um, it seems in schools, like maybe I would assume it's high school, junior high, high school, maybe it seems that's where they are particularly vehement about it, but I feel like they even want to scrape it from the universities, which I can't see that happening because critical theory in, Jerry, in, in, in general, critical theory is like, seem is, is, is um seemed into or sewn into a lot of the social studies uh under you know social studies uh theory it's like a base theory across many things there's mm -hmm. critical race theory there's critical media theory there's critical women's like you know it goes on and on and right, on. right yeah <clears throat> anyway so a u.s high school curriculum on african-american history has been revised after conservative critics complained um, it amounted to woke. Oh, a lot. I hate that word. Let me tell you how I hate the word woke. Oh my. Um, woke indoctrin indoctrination. And wow. so, Florida, uh, Florida Republicans argued that the uh, draft of the curriculum of a new advanced level course lacked educational value. I want to state when they talk about a new advanced level course. So this advanced level course would be only for students who are planning to take university. So it's not a standard course that is everybody required. has to do. It's not a, mm -hmm. no, not everybody has to do it. It's an optional advanced level course. If it interests a student to take it. Okay, no one is forcing your um, a student to take it. it is in the curriculum as an option. And these would be for students who plan on going to university. Hmm. Um, excuse me. Uh, so the wow. national I know, right? And so obviously they, the uh, the US College Board released the official syllabus on Wednesday removing some of the subject matters that the Republic, Florida Republicans didn't, didn't, didn't like. And um, it is pretty messed up. So here are a list of the um, sections of the curriculum that the Republican, Florida Republicans objected. So that was Black Queer Studies, um, International... Wow. In intersectionality we talked about it on, on our what is feminism episode if mm -hmm. you guys go back and look at our what is feminism um intersectionality is a big part of um of that as well so intersectionality then there's black feminist literally literary thought and the reparations oh most importantly the reparations movement i wonder why they wanted that removed tell me hmm. tell me because this is just oozing. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a, a white privilege going on here somehow. Because why is it that when it comes to Black history or Black excellence or Black learning of any mm -hmm. kind, there's always some sort of a kibosh that wants to be put on it. Mm -hmm. African-American studies should be a choice of the student. Yeah. Right? And and if you is. want them to go to a, a higher level of education, you should start them out with critical thinking. Mm. And if you are going to allow them to critically think, they should be the ones to decide what courses that they want to take. They're the ones that are funding and you can't the program. 
And to your point here, you made a good point here. Critical thinking. Can you have critical thought and make a critical decision? When someone's decision telling you what to do? When you don't have all the facts? I don't understand. You don't have it. all the history, the, all the context? No, you cannot. Well, that's what I thought, you know, that they're gearing you up to is hmm. going to, it, you know, going to post-secondary education and so you should already start to instill critical thinking mm. so i don't understand why it has to be a decision that's made for them let them make that decision it should definitely be offered um because there is very much a history that's behind it there's very much progression as a culture and as a race we so yeah and who are you to say who and should and what not why can't they they're the ones, you know, that are actually funding the programs or you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like you having them attend your school is giving you more money in order to have that school. So if that's a program that black students specifically are interested in, why are we trying to eliminate it? Any, any, well, any student at that point, but we, we know, I mean, if we look at the, the sub, we saw the subject, uh, the subjects particularly the sections in the curriculum in particular that was issues and they also here's some of the main people um and it's and i we already know it's it's a, it's a republicans trying to oh you, you get rid the of the, the left the left the what they consider leftist thought which maybe you could say that so there's kimberly crenshaw who was the um, theorists and the uh, doc, you know, the person who really fleshed out inter mm -hmm. the, the concept of uh, intersectionality. Bell Hooks, RIP, like uh, our Bell Hooks is all over the universities uh, yeah. if we take sociology and women's studies. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Tanisi Coates, he's another big person in the um, Black African American uh, author mm -hmm. and, and a lot of speaks a lot in a political. Um, issues in uh, black the black struggle and so it's i think it's just uh republicans trying to dominate uh the conversation remove um you know a more left or you know i hate saying left i hate putting this as left right moderate these are not left these are just this is history this is culture Period. If you want to call erase it, it, you, you want to call you're it already political. Tried. Like, yeah. You already tried to erase our history. Mm. We've had to we've had to take it out the mud to find out who we are because it was destroyed many, many years ago, many centuries ago. You've tried. There, there was an effort to annihilate any connection to the past or our ancestors. So why are you taking that opportunity away? And this is where I feel like the white privilege thing is coming in somehow over here to the left. And I don't want to make it about a white and black situation, mm. but I, I do feel like the people that are gunning for this are not black. Oh, of course not. So unless they're brainwashed, well, I don't know, black Republicans, I don't know, you never know. Yeah, they're a different breed. That's all I gotta say. They're a different breed. They're, of they're drinking the Kool Aid over there, you know. They they done drank the Kool Aid, okay, and they need to put the damn Kool Aid bottle down because it's getting to their head now, for real, for real. Um, but you know, ultimately, I think it should be the decision of the students yeah. because you're you're there to. Like the whole concept of education is is to enlighten the upcoming scholars, right? And so they're scholars that need to be enlightened. You shouldn't be telling them what they can 
can and cannot learn. You shouldn't. You offer these programs. If there's, uh, you know, a lot of attendance, then why why do you feel it necessary? And and who are you to tell whether or not it's making a difference or whether or not it matters or like who are you to who, like who got the job to decide that mm. whether this is a good program or not? Um, yeah, but I, I have a lot of views on that, and I, you know. Anything that's, I guess, more black oriented for some reason, they always have to, you know, when it gets too far past where it's supposed to be in their eyes, the kibosh, you know what I'm mm. saying? But so, um, it, it's funny because, well, you know what? In other, w- w- this is Black History Month. It's atrocious. Yes. Uh, get it together, Florida. Please so, thanks, Ratchet. I want to jump into our last headline, main headline. Um, the story there I saw coming at Florida again. Florida, what is wrong with Florida? Well, we already Ratchet know Florida, Florida. <laughs> right? Florida boy, Florida. Um, they said there's this uh big sting operation that was done where they found that over 7,600 um <laughs> fake nursing diplomas were issued in Florida. There have been people of these, uh, you know, persons who have owned these uh, fake nursing diplomas. 25 were charged. Wow. This was a huge FBI investigation. Uh, That's why it it is awful. Um, I think the main headline, um, you know, the the nursing school, the Florida nursing school sold over 7,600 fake uh, diplomas. And um, the thing is, the states that were involved were Florida, Delaware, New York, New Jersey, and Texas. Wow. Um, and I think because some of these states have a little bit more, like, you know, like in California, I know California and the states, from what I read, they have a really strict, um, you know, rules for the nursing certification in that particular state. Yeah. I'm sure every state has strict rules, but maybe I think you can do a little bit more crossover between these particular yes. states versus like maybe in California, you have to do a little extra, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so the name of the school, what schools were named? Oh, they named a few. It was more than one. And they're all defunct. So they wow. have three schools, you know, probably small local college schools, all in Broward County, Florida, and all schools are now defunct. Interesting. Wow. They said the school distributed more than 7,600 diplomas. Oh, the diplomas were worth over $100 million wow. or roughly 15000 per diploma wow this is huge so what they did is recruiters helped aspiring nurses obtain fake nursing degree diplomas and transcripts from accredited florida nursing schools okay so here's okay well the thing is here's what i'll have to say here's what i've gathered from like scanning and anybody who's listening says who feels like the information is not accurate feel free to email and, and correct me um from what I understand, they said the aspiring nurses use the fake degrees to qualify for national n- nursing board exams. So not on the national level. If wow. they were, if they passed the exam, they were, they were eligible to become licensed in several states. One license, once licensed, they were able to find jobs, you know, across the field, wherever their interest. So here's how I read it. It's bad. On one hand, it's scary. Be like, oh, somebody didn't go through the right channels. However, you still at the end of the day, even though they gave the de- the fake degrees, it's just it's it's it is a shortcut. But at the end of the day, these nurses still had to take 
A test. A test yeah. that would make them nationally eligible to even be, to, you know, take another exam specific to another, whichever state that they live in. It is a shortcut, but the, uh, and, but however, this tells me. But it's me, a shortcut that could risk somebody's life. It, it could, but I'm more thinking that they still have the need the education and the, and the knowledge to do this. Yeah. They still need to do the exam, what I'm saying. This is just a shortcut because you need some type of diploma yeah. or certification before right. being eligible to the exam, to do the exam. So maybe it's somebody who already, you know, maybe in another country or they already were studying in another right. program okay. and they never finished. So I'm saying they still need to qualify somehow, but this is just like, uh, you know, a shortcut. So that's how I read it, like how you're describing Yeah, but you it. know what? Let me tell you something. There's one industry that may not want you to take shortcut. You understand? <laughs> I don't want you to even have the mindset of taking a shortcut. I understand that sometimes when, you know, people from different countries go to other countries, like if they were to come to Canada, they might not have um, the education level or the equivalents here in Canada. And I mm-hmm. get that. And it sucks. I do. I understand that. However... If you're of the mindset to take shortcuts, will you take shortcuts when you're taking care of me? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it has to be that drastic because these nurses, as we've talked about before, they're literally holding your life yeah. in their well, hands. Um, just to let people know where everybody's left it off. So now the federal defense, you know, that so the feds have it. They have information. The information has been released to the state. And they are leaving it to these individual states to decide whether they're going to charge these individuals at the state level because they're not because are... they need nurses, right? Well, see, that was what I was found interesting. So I think of all that, there's every already seventy six hundred. I think only a handful have actually formally been potentially charged within a state. Um, but yeah, that's a story. Um, one last thing on music news: the Grammys are tonight. We're going to talk about it next week. We're going to have a whole rundown on what people are wearing. Yeah. One who was snubbed. Uh, look out for that next week. So that's our music news. And mm. we're going to wrap up until we get into our next segment. And now we want to jump into our first segment that we touched on. And that is Wagwan for real. <laughs> Wagwan for real. And in this segment, we look at stories and issues that have been going on that just don't add up don't make right? much sense they don't make much sense not we at hear, all we hear mm. them we see them and we have to ask a hard question what a guan for real for real and so this week we want to talk about alec baldwin being formally charged for the killing or the death of you know the cinematographer on set um unfortunately it was chilling it was a crazy story um, that we heard, uh, you know, last year, and, and and when Kim and I talked about it on the show, we were like, it's 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 tragic, it's unfortunate. There is definitely some neg- negligence somewhere, but the ne- the the fault does not fall on Alec. And at all, I I wholeheartedly believe that. However, I think where some fault might fall in on him is he was actually a producer on the actual film. So let's say, you know, you have a company or whatever, whoever is is uh, the production company and who's running the production company. I think any production company who was involved in this film would would somehow be at fault because it's the the negligence um, 
that you know may have led which most likely led to the death of um this woman her name was Hal Halnia Hal Hutchins just you know just to give mm-hmm. her a name to a face and so the charging document <clears throat> outlines at least a dozen acts of omissions of uh you know acts or emission emissions of recklessness so a lot of you know they named some of the things that could have you know recklessness that could have led to this right so not using a replica replica firearm for an unscheduled rehearsal letting the armorer leave the set against protocol set leave the set was against protocol deviating from the practice of only receiving the gun from the armorer not dealing with safety complaints on set not performing required safety checks with the armorer who was hired without adequate certification wow 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 wow. um and they want to try to put that on alec wow right and and to your point so um so the actual formal charge is manslaughter so involuntary involuntary manslaughter that's the actual formal charge for him and the armor and armor is a woman or the person who's supposed to be managing all the the prop things right yeah um and again, I think we talked about the actual armor. I'm sorry, but I think I hate to say it. Like, I understand why the armor would be, but, but Alec Baldwin, like he's, he's a guy, he's reading his script. He's in, he's, he's, he's in his trailer. He's yeah, a, exactly. He might be talking to the director and the producer, but he doesn't know not one shit. All he knows is he gets a, a prop gun in his hand and he's doing a scene. Right. Or at least um, that's what he thinks he's getting in well, his that's hand. That's what, well, yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I think from him being an actual produ- a producer on the uh, movie, maybe I could see why, but I feel like it was, this is t- kind of targeted. Like somebody wants someone to blame and I understand it's, it's, it's hurtful. Um, somebody but what I don't understand is how do you blame the talent? That's what I don't get. Mm-hmm. And I, it, they're going to have to try to come from a n- different angle as a producer, mm-hmm. but, um, they're going to have, you know, from a legal standpoint, you would have to, first of all, be able to prove that he did this intentionally, which that's why they're not, you know, charging him for murder mm-hmm. because there's no mens rea. There's no intention behind his action. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he was, he's a victim out of this whole thing. He's a victim as well because he too had to go through trauma. He shot and killed a woman. Mm-hmm. So, right. So I think that if they, as producers, are able to prove that they have a contract of some kind um, or that with that particular arms dealer, that they have a contract between them that it's on you, like a waiver, for mm. instance, um, I think them trying to go after the talent is kind of scary. because we're not going to see many movies that will have guns then so if alec baldwin goes down for this we will not we will see a decrease in actors that are willing to use guns um without them themselves having an education or some sort of knowledge behind handling guns now as the actor alec baldwin um I don't think he has any sort of responsibility in this as the actor because he was given a prop. Whether 
it was uh, a replica or not to mm. him you have to be able to tell that an actor would know the difference between the two and that's not a part of the protocol yeah, that's of not becoming a skill an set. actor yeah no no exactly so right so um and also there, as an actor you could also be signing a waiver of some kind especially mm. if you're working on a set that has um, you know, explosives or has guns. Um, this is really sad because, mm. you know, um, if you watched Alec Baldwin's career, yeah. he's now starting to get back to himself. Yeah, he was go he was going through you know substance abuse and stuff like that, and he's gotten himself back on the straight and narrow, and he's doing what he loves to do. So the fact that he is not he. Every time he acts, he's going to think of this movie So and what has happened to him. So I don't think that we should hold a victim accountable, especially when, how would he know, right? And as a producer, there's multiple producers on a film, multiple. So you're going to tell me that they all were in cahoots? Well, it's interesting because I saw a... In the article that I kind of picked up <clears throat> that gave us a little bit more details. So we talked about, okay, so there's three people involved here that I'm seeing. Obviously, Alec, because he's the face of everything. Yeah. Alec Baldwin. Then there is a lady, her last name, they referred, Gutierrez Reed. Her name is Gutierrez, her last name is Gutierrez Reed. I think it's Hannah Gutierrez Reed, right? And then there is a, a an assistant director by the name of... um. David, uh, what's his name here? David something. I don't know. Hold on one second. Yeah. I mean. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Something Halls. His last name is Halls. And so what is the armor, which is Hannah, is saying is that she was, had a prop gun to be used for the scene for rehearsal because not only was this wasn't even a shoot this wasn't even like an official you know when you're like shooting the scene this yeah. was supposed to be a rehearsal of the wow. scene the woman died because of a rehearsal on the scene oh my lord have mercy so a lawyer so her lawyer says she will be fight the charges and she has blamed the person named mr hall for not letting her know that a real gun was to be used in the moment when the fatal shooting occurred. She said, Hannah asked Halls if they could use a plastic gun for the rehearsal scene, and he said no, he wanted a real gun. Okay. Hannah asked to be called back into the church or the scene, wherever they were doing this, yep. um, if Baldwin was going to use the gun at all, and Halls failed to do that. So basically saying that nobody told her that the real gun was going to be used, right? So, but there is some, there's some kind of missing. There's a piece that's missing. There's a missing here. And the, the, this new person, this the Halls, Dave, his name is Dave Halls. So Dave Halls is assistant director, like I said. So he's the one who handed the gun to Miss Alec Baldwin. And he told him it was an unloaded gun. So there's this two, first of all, this, this assistant director shouldn't even even had the gun in his hand. Right? He, this okay. person should not have, it, the gun should have went from the armor, who, the armor is a person who's managing exactly. all these things, to Alec Baldwin. 
and armor does all her safety, whatever it is that they do. Don't know this first time I heard that. Yeah, but that should be that, but that should be a safety procedure that the armor is is enforcing. She, yeah, I get your point. I think she, I think what I think I'm assuming she should be aware of it, right? Well, but if not, even if let's say let's assume she is, but say there's an assistant director, there's a hierarchy on set, right? And I'm assuming so the direct assistant director is like, no, 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 we have to use the real gun. No, you have to pause right there and say nobody's getting anything because rule this, 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 and this are the rules for handing. Ha- handling. Why are you hired? Why yeah, did they hire you? Yeah, you. Need Why to didn't kinda... we just get Billy Joe Bob that delivers the coffee to right? come and do this then? Right. So that's right? kind of where the negligence and the safety um, is an issue here. And again, I think it's a, just a bunch of mess, but there's not one person I feel... You know, one thing I can say is Alex... It's not Alex's fault. It's not Alex! He just took the gun and thought it was a problem. I don't know. I, there's a lot of semantics going on where I'm, this what I'm reading. But anyway, to the implication, though, is if they are charged, the maximum, the maximum penalty is 18 months in prison and a $5,000. So, I mean, not, I mean. 18 months of this man life have to go down the drain? Wow. Yeah, that's the maximum. I think there's a way for him. I think, to your point, I think that's what you were trying to say earlier, is that he's likely going to, it's going to be light work for him to get off. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Because there's just not enough, I think. There's just not enough evidence that you can, even charge him with like whenever I see like in a murder of this kind mm-hmm. that they're going to manslaughter, it's because they can't prove much. They can't prove much, right? And there's so many moving parts that more times than not, all you need is one person to think that he's innocent and you have a hung jury. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, and most people, right? They're going to play up on an everyday man going to work. This is like Alec. He went to work. He was doing his job. And can you imagine now he's in court being charged with manslaughter? Hmm. So that appeal alone, if if ever it goes in front of a jury, would, would just be, it would be icing on the cake. He would walk, you know, and which he should because he just, just, he went to work. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it. That's all we don't, you know. They're trying to make it complicated and bring him in on this and that. At the yeah. end of the day, they damn well know that he is not liable for that. He's not. So they're trying to reach out of their backside. What? That's why they're coming with this talks of oh well, him as a producer. Yeah, that's what I feel. So okay, here's my question for you. So we kind of went through everything and we see what's going on and. We're fairly confident that Alec can come off. These the assistant director and not the, unscathed. Not, not unscathed. unscathed. His reputation is down the drain. I I I would not be surprised if we don't see him act ever again. Yeah, I feel like he. You know, this Hollywood. Is Hollywood is very forgiving, though. You know, we've seen a lot of people. No, him himself not wanting to act. I I don't. He. I don't. I don't know. I think they resume. I think they resumed. Did they resume film? I think it'd be messed up if they resumed filming, but I think they might have resumed. I, 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 you know what? Let me see. I remember they never they stopped. Let's That's see if they are gonna. Con- I think this movie should not con- see the light of day. But res- let me see. Resume filming. Rust, Alec. Let's see if they're gonna do it. Let's see. They better not. What? Don't tell me they resumed it. 
Wow. Oh my goodness. So Nobody would, who would want to watch this movie. Oh, how sinister our world is. Oh my gosh, I gotta imagine a line. Um, yeah, they, they actually, but, they're saying uh, actors wow. in Instagram spat as rust to resume filming despite the charges. So despite the charges on Alec and uh, uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, they're going to still I film stand this. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? I think, you know, who do you think? I Okay, knowing this new piece of news, I think the family or the people who were impacted, because the woman who died is not the only person impacted. I think there was somebody else who got shot. Um, I'm, I, they were, you know, but they lived. Um, I don't know how serious that other one was, but um, yeah, they they resumed filming. No, I think that's wrong. And yeah. maybe the, maybe the fam, maybe that's what was the the, the what do you yeah. call it the straw yeah. that broke the camel the camel's back. back. The family was like, oh, really? Now, but it's still not Alec. Sorry, True. I agree. I agree. Sorry, you when you want the put, wrong person, you put the you want to. You know when you you're you're so angry, you need to put the blame on somebody. Yeah, but it's not gonna bring the the the, the woman back. No, it's not. It's unfortunate. You know, and now you're just I don't know, I don't know. Like, and they reached a pretty good settlement. I think we talked about this last year. They got a really good settlement for her family. Um, although money can't bring anybody's life back, as we always say here. Um, what I but think they I did accept it. They accepted it. So that's why now oh, it's very messy. But anyway, I think Alec. So you accepted the money and now you're still going to charge him for manslaughter? Yeah, miss me with it. Alec will walk. Mm, yeah, I don't know about anybody else. Maybe but... he'll get a slap on the wrist. <clears throat> Maybe he'll have to do some, you know, counseling yeah. of some kind or something. Mm. But he'll walk because you accepted money for it. So you are quite okay. We're accepting money for the loss of your your wife or your loved one, but we're still pursuing manslaughter. But okay, well, hey, we'll see how that goes. But I I think that's gonna be you know an ace for his defense team. It'll be mm-hmm. an ace, and if they fumble the bag, there's some serious things that we have to talk about around yourself. But um, we're gonna move on though, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're gonna move on into the workout, everyone. work it out and this is where we work out our hearts and exercise our mental fitness we do deep dive discussions on things that are you know just impacting us our culture and this topic it's sad to have to talk about this but we do and so I know everybody knows already about this and so we, we we've taken the time to really sink our teeth into this topic and it is about it, Mr. Nichols. What's his first name again? Um, Mr. Nichols was Tyree. brutally beaten Tyree. by police officers. Tyree Nichols. That's sorry. Thank you. And so he was brutally beaten by black police officers. And yes, there was one white officer, even though he is Casper the ghost right now. But anyhow... <laughs> In this situation, we want to look at what actually happened. Now, I actually watched as much as I could stomach Mm. of this beatdown. And uh, so it was said that um, Tyree Nichols was stopped at a traffic stop. 
uh, because he was supposedly, which we have no evidence of as of yet, was uh, recklessly driving. Okay. And so these police officers, six of them, but in the news, you'll only hear of five black police officers decided to pull him over and rip him from his car and brutally beat this man to death. These were goons, a part of the uh, uh, the police department special unit Scorpion. Hmm. Let's put that name right out there, Scorpion. Does anything anybody think about roses and flowers when you hear Scorpion? No. Hmm. So these black police officers, unfortunately, you know, they went to town hmm. on this young black man, and it was sad to see. It was sad to see because not only were they pepper spraying him in his eyes, they had him handcuffed and they were beating his face in with an inch of his life. Mm. And he was somehow able to get away from them. And that's when they really got annoyed and they kicked him. They did all sorts of things to this young man. And unfortunately he died. Mm. Now, what broke my heart when I saw, and this is where I was like, nah, gotta turn this off. Turn this off. There's different angles that you'll see online of this beatdown. And I don't know if the one that I saw was particularly gruesome. Mm. But when this young man started bawling for his mother, the reason why he started doing that is he wasn't far from his mother's house. So he literally was bawling down the street to try to get his mom to help him to safety. And when he broke loose, he was trying to run to her house. Now, these Black police officers, I want to put a brief description in your mind of what they're like and what this young man is like. He may be a buck 50 soaking wet, okay? Uh, these police officers, like I said, were goons, 250-pound men, um, you know, big brutes of men, and they were wailing on this man. It was so disgusting to see. And what actually was really disgusting to see was people and how they dealt with it afterward. There's so many different antics. There's so many different uh nuances to this situation and we want to talk about a few um so if you want to talk uh take take away uh with one of those mm -hmm. nuances that we're talking about yeah uh, Jeanette for sure um so something that is coming out right away some like let's put it this way there is a video that I have not watched because I just I think people the videos aren't as aren't being as shared as much because of its violent nature. Like compared, even though the George Floyd thing was as disgusting as well, I think you know somebody being brutally beaten. Um, you know, I think it's not as it's not available on as much outlets. And I also, after hearing <clears throat> uh, vague uh, some descriptions of what transpired, I don't I don't want to see five like five brutes uh, no. beating no. down one you know man. Uh, regardless of his size but well um, i want to point out his size because he's taking licks from a man that is double his size 
Yeah, multiple. So men. I want you to put it in perspective yeah. of having five men who are 200 to 300 pound men beating on a man that is half their size. Mm-hmm. Their 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 punch is going to be a lot more gruesome than someone who is half the size. So in this case, when you have five of them, you know, it makes a difference. Yeah. And you're handcuffed. Yeah. Makes it real, real hard. So what is interesting mm-hmm. is that I saw the mm-hmm. I saw the photo of these five officers before I re- I really learned about the story. Again, it took a while I think for this story to really I think gain traction. I just like I, I I'll be honest, like I may have seen the name let's say the day before that it really started to ramp up on Twitter like trending, but I didn't look it up to know what was the context, right? And mm-hmm. then but I happened to be I just kept on seeing these five officers and you know when you're seeing something but you you're not reading um yep. that you know with me that's all social media unless I'm really stopping to pay attention like I I can be completely honest um it did take me a couple of days to really learn what had actually happened to this young man. Yeah. And the fact that they were fired under a week, within I would say days, it couldn't seven have been days, yeah, within oh, no, seven, four days. About I would say. yeah, mm-hmm. I would say less than a week. These these five men were charged, um, fired and charged, I believe. And yep. it wasn't until recently there was a sixth officer who happened to be white. Yep, and uh, his name is Preston Hemphill, and he was fired. He has not been charged, but he has been fired. Uh, from his role for violations, uh, you know, some pr- procedure violations. So he he did not act within the process that he should have followed. And he was actually the first officer to draw Tyree Nichols out of the car before he was beaten. So he did not beat him, but he he pulled him out of the car. Um, and so it's interesting, I mean, that he has not been charged. Maybe he will. But I kind of want to bring up the double standard. That's that's like yep. first. There's a lot of things about this case. Yep. And you know, first of all, something that at, right off the bat, people are saying, "Oh, well, they're black, uh, so this is not racist." Hello, hello. Oh my god. This is about the institution of the police. This Thank is you. about systematic racism focus is about (laughs) anti-blackness that is built into the institution of policing that that's please people please think you you know when we talk about critical thinking skills critical theory this is one of the things where we need to apply thank you okay so let's please and thanks that's, that's that's first and off the bat basic 101 and then the double standard in which the the, the swiftness, these motherfuckers were swiftly terminated. And in a hurry. Okay. And swiftly we're, we're charged. Around with this. Um, and some people want to say, oh, it's because, you know, there's, there's a, a heightened attention, heightened um, attention on these incidences, and they want to avoid, um, what do you call it, riots or whatever. Uh, I think it was because, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I think it was because... The black. Thank you. The Let's black. keep it a buck. Let's <laughs> keep it a buck, people. And here's and you know I don't want to say that. I really want. I don't want to say that. But you know the mere fact that the white officer they took oh, more than a week, almost two weeks, for the white officer to be named and fired. More or less, he Thank hasn't. You. He has not even been charged, people. So I want everybody to chew on that. And you let me Take know what you in. think. Let me know what you think. Let me Take know. Take it in, people. Because that's what it is. 
even if we were okay let's remove this white man because for some yeah, reason he's not him. getting the same press for some reason yeah yes but let's take it back to george floyd okay we're gonna take it back because that was the catalyst to real change and yes you know not always for the better but anywho mm-hmm. let's go there that officer they took forever to charge him and the only reason why they had to tear down the whole was, city the whole damn city was listen it took so much uprise okay and and let's just be honest there was no immediate request for no body cams right off the no rip. no there was not these people were these police officers they asked that quick fast and in a hurry they wanted those body cams immediately and i understand why and i get that but if we look at the contrast in how that white officer that blatantly killed and stole the life of George Floyd in front of everybody, okay, how he was prosecuted, how long it took, how much people had to uproar about it. This is quite the contrast. This was George Floyd, that was weeks weeks almost a month before he even got charged with anything Mm -hmm. now we have these black officers and within less than seven days they had them charged they had they took their license or not a license they took their their badge they fired them they did quick fast charged and they're about to get sentenced in a hot minute so what why such a contrast It's the same police officers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, different area, different jurisdiction. I get it, but they're police officers. They're held to a higher standard than just the common day folk on the street. So miss me with it. I don't understand why all of a sudden the standards change when it has to do with a Black police officer. And And now let's go back to this situation. Mm -hmm. Why don't we see this white dude? You're the one that fed him to the wolves, bro. You're the one that pulled him out of the car. For what? Yeah, I think it's very, I have to say, like, I looked up, like, I heard that there was a white officer charge, and I had to look, and I have to tell you, I I had to click on at least two articles, and not until the third one where I actually saw a photo of this man. Okay. So but yet they have these black men, these black officers, their face are plastered all over everywhere. Mm-hmm. Their full names, their, their everything is just plastered to, for the world to see. Okay, so I don't understand, even within this, the, the contrast of how they're being dealt with. And here's with. what I want to say. I, I don't have a problem with that being the case. Like, these people, these these men brutally and sadistically beat Tyree Nichols fine they should be held accountable and everything what i'm i'm curious about what my issue is i am very deeply concerned i'm deeply concerned that this is not does not the case every time an officer does this to anybody right. more or less a black person so it's a double standard for me and i, I just it's, it's sickening it's actually sickening to, to consider it that it really is it really is and so and- i want yeah what were you gonna say I was gonna well, I was gonna say another nuance to this situation here and um the black on black crime. Mm. Okay. That was something that was hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. As a black woman, it was hard to swallow because I had to ask myself the question, do you not see yourself in him? As you beat him to a pulp, do you not see yourself, black man, in him, black man? 
Hmm. Like, I don't understand how they were able to do that. It's demonic because they are black men as police officers, but they're not always duty on duty in, in their full attire. Okay. So they live as black men outside of work. They know what it's like to be pulled over just because you're black. They know what it's like to be brutally beaten by the police. They weren't always, they didn't just come out the womb as police officers. So they had to live as a black man. So now you get a little power underneath your belt. And this big scorpion unit, what, like I said to you before, why is the scorpion unit pulling anybody over? Why are, why would you be doing that? So, so <clears throat> now that you've done that, do you not see yourself in him? That's another black man that you're beating to a pope. Well, that's where I think the whole institution of the police and being institutional, like institutionalized in, within a particular group uh, kind of plays a role. So they're saying that there's a theory, there's a policing theory. So units called like the Scorpion unit and other units that, you know, they create all these random police units, small sectors that are going in to beat the crimes and blah, 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 restoring the peace. Rarely is it, you know, they call it broken windows policing. And it's been since debunked if you do criminology. And it's an idea that if cops, if police make arrests for minor offenses, it will prevent the commission. It will prevent more uh, serious ones being committed. Um, and it doesn't technically, there's been plenty of research and studies that saying that, that it just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And so by you brutally beating somebody or over what do they call it? Over-policing minor offenses. Uh, that just makes more arrests, puts more people in jail for no reason, because they even said for, um, he didn't technically, they stopped him for reckless driving, but they had no legal basis for the stop. At all. That's what, that was a point I found. And so you the man had to die. The you, you man had to die because you guys were trying to stop minor offense this is a minor offense but did it did we need six of you no did i think this was a many people you said some. you said a word you said the word demonic you said that word i i use using a word i didn't need to see the video i don't need to see the video i saw the picture of the man in the hospital he was beaten he was bludgeoned oh, he was a pulp on that bed it was like whoa um they said it's 13 minutes so like to your point six or five whether it's five or six let's say five of them five men big 200 plus men <laughs> coming down on this young man who's really small, small in stature small. for 13 minutes they said that's what i'm telling you it's sadistic and so it, the culture, these this unit, like this, the, you know, because I think it's called Scorpion Unit or any of these mm -hmm. small units, they feel special. They feel entitled. They're like, yep. oh, I have a special thing and we need to beat this issue, whether you're doing petty crimes, whether it's reckless driving, whatever the unit is created for. Right. So they call it broken windows policing. Mm -hmm. If we know for a fact that this type of policing doesn't work or you don't see the numbers coming down, or all it does is ended up with more people in this prison system, something is wrong. But no, right? but you know, we're in a culture, especially in the US, we're in a, but you know, there's a culture of over-policing. And that's kind of my issue when they have these type of units. If they tend to focus on an area 
where a certain type of demographic is, and then there's overrepresentation of these people in the prison in this state. In this mm-hmm. st- case, obviously, it's African American and meth African American people in this Memphis town, um, and it's disgusting. And we really need to. They really need to rethink policing over there. And you said black on black crime. I don't really look at it that way. I think they've been institutionalized. They felt special. They feel like what do they call it? Blue lives. They feel like they're the blue. Yeah. Um, and they don't feel like they're part of it. They feel like they're better. Um, but like you said, I think where's a human, regardless of whoever, right? We're human beings. Like, does did this man? There's nothing this you have a you have a special authority as a police officer and by doing this you abuse it and and you and, take an oath and put you people take an oath that at this a disadvantage you, like I I I I'm blown away mm-hmm. you know I'm blown away with some of the negative things that I have heard come from this even mm-hmm. from our own black people who mm. it's like oh yeah well they should you know yes I do agree that they should go to jail I yeah, do I do um however I just feel like the sentiment is you know it's almost like dash that black man away Mm. you know and it's like but that's the problem that's what they were thinking that that black man that they were beating up wasn't anything Mm -hmm. wasn't a human being and and we can't just dash them away we have to figure out what the hell the problem is yeah because we cannot so whether or not, you know, they go to jail, which yes, they should go to jail. However, we need to examine them. We need to learn why did you feel that powerful? Why could you not stop yourself? 13 minutes? What is it about the culture? Them beating on you? What like, is it about on. the culture of policing? What is it about the culture of right? So that makes them so sadistic? These, we need to take these Black men and, and see... Where is there a breakdown? Like, why why would they do this? Why would they do this? And I want to say that if they got caught now, they've been doing it for a hell of a long time. Mm, Yeah. Okay? They've been doing this, terrorizing people, and that's not the way to go. That's not the way to police your community. Um, And so, you know, creating this thug life, this thug life impression as a police officer is really blurring the lines. It's blurring the lines, and I feel like we really need to sit down and figure out why would they feel comfortable to go this route. So what is it within our, you know, system that we need to break down? What is it that we, because just dashing them away is not going to help. That's what, what, we dash them in the corner and leave them in jail and, and forget about it until the next? No, we need to figure out why this is happening, you know, and... um maybe like what you've you a point that you had mentioned to me was over policing in the community like it is it is it is it necessary to have a scorpion unit if your officers are doing the right thing like if they're going out into their community and having the community feel safe right are are they are they communicating with the community? Are they keeping keeping their ear to the ground? Like, what is the problem? Because th- this is this this can't mm-hmm. keep happening. There's a lot going on, and we're gonna have to try to. I I can't spin this, friend. I just can't spin this. But what we will say uh, to wrap this up 
we're going to exit now is uh, that we do hope that your hearts and minds were activated on this week's show. So whether you lead with your heart or with your mind, please stay passionate and thoughtful, y'all. Holla back. See ya. Take care, everybody. Happy Black History Month. Yes. Brighten it up. Happy Black History Month.